my relationship shifted. I started releasing more toxicities in my life, like things that just weren't serving me overall. I quit smoking cigarettes. That was a few years later. And I took it one day at a time. When you're making any kind of shift or any kind of change in your life, it's amazing to have big goals. Amazing. They're targets, right? It keeps our eye on the prize. Hello, love, and welcome to the Cup of Chels podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Holden, a professionally certified spiritual life coach, business mentor, published author, speaker, and intuitive guide. Cup of Chels is the place of zero judgment, where all thoughts, opinions, and points of views are not only welcomed, but honored. It's what I like to call big love. It's the place to get the guidance of a mentor, to soak up the wisdom of a sage and receive the encouraging and nurturing energy of a soul sister who isn't afraid to deliver healthy doses of tough love. With thought-provoking conversations and questions that are going to expand your perspective, you will leave each episode knowing yourself better than when you pressed play. It's time to activate your big love energy, unlock your authenticity, and let your curiosity lead. Taking what resonates and leaving the rest. Now let's get into it. Hello, love, and welcome back to the show. I am just really excited to share this episode with you because it has been one that has been on my heart to share and talk about for a while. And here we are. We are just going to dive right on into it. So if you are new around here, welcome. Welcome, welcome. This is season four of Cup of Chelsea, and we're just we're bringing it all this season. We're getting real. We're getting raw. We're being so authentic. And one of my core themes, one of my authentic codes is expression. And it's the whole reason why I started this podcast and has just developed even more into how I am expressing my authentic truth and using my voice and this platform to do so. And if you have been here for a little while, if if you have been listening to the show or following me on socials, then you know I do my very best to keep it honest and authentic and share all the behind the scenes and everything with you. So today I really want to talk about this sober journey that I have been on for the last nearly five years. And honestly, we could talk about even back, you know, since like 2016, 2015. I mean, we can go way back. So, you know, close to a decade. And a lot of what I have shared up until this point has really been me advocating, which I still do, advocating for people to really redefine their relationship when it comes to alcohol. I believe that alcohol is and can be a gateway drug, so to speak, to so many things that can be toxic. It's a gateway toxic step that is so glorified and glamorized and just 
abundant in our world and in this 3D reality. And I'm ready to, you know, just kind of put a different perspective on alcohol and where I'm at in my journey with it now. So before we do that, let's go back a little bit. If you are new here, you can go back and binge episodes where I've talked about sobriety. If you're sober curious, I'm applauding you and celebrating you just for getting curious about your relationship with alcohol, with substances. I believe that sobriety, the way that I define it, is the release of toxic relationships in all areas of your life, meaning alcohol, drugs, social media, any kind of outlet that is distracting you from being real and present and in the world. And anything that you are using to numb out, I mean, shit, this can be food for crying out loud. So anything that you are using to numb out, to avoid, to distract is from my perspective and in my lens can be very toxic for you. So for me, that was alcohol. It really was. So again, you can go back and listen to so many episodes. I even created a playlist on Spotify that I will link in the show notes where you can listen to a specific playlist just around being sober curious. So that was me. I was sober curious. I didn't even know what that term was when I was sober curious, but I just knew my intuition before I even had a relationship with my intuition was just pulling me in this direction of truly looking at my relationship with alcohol, like redefining it. And at the time, you know, back in 2015, 2016, 2017, I was having a shit ton of fun with it. You know, I started drinking when I was in high school. I think I had my first drink wine coolers probably around the age of 10 or 12. No joke, not going to lie. We were at a hotel at the beach, South Padre Island. We were with family and some friends and there were wine coolers. And I think I had one, maybe two. I don't know. But I didn't like it. I just did it. Fast forward to high school, right? And just for, for reference, I'm 42 at the time of this recording. So back in high school, you know, we're talking 25 years ago, being a freshman, like that's when I had my first real drinks, like when I probably first got drunk. And I'm from South Texas. I'm from McAllen. I'm from the Valley. You know anything about that? Like, and back then it was safe-ish, <laughs> We would go to Mexico to go drink because we could. I lived like five, 10 minutes from Mexico where we would go and we would go to the bar. The Alaskan is where we would go. Shout out to anybody listening that's from the Valley that's ever been there. And we would drink. Sometimes you could pay like five or $10 cover and drink Dos Equis all night. Like, duh. And, you know, I feel like any high school kid was going to take advantage of that and do that. And that's what we would do. And then we'd drive back to the States. Back then you didn't need a passport. We would either park on the U.S. side and walk across or we'd drive across and park sometimes even in front of the Alaskan or there was always a parking spot and then dance and drink and go home, you know? So that was my social outlet. That was how I dealt with people, I guess, socially, you know, I'm, I'm like reflecting on this in real time with y'all here, but that was, you know, how I made myself feel 
comfortable and how I could belong to the group by doing what the group was doing, right? The sheep mentality, so to speak. You know, it's what everybody was doing. It's how we socialized. It's how we let loose. It, I guess, in a sense, was a form of expression, you know, and they were fun times. Don't get me wrong. But also I did a lot of stupid shit, did a lot of stupid stuff back then under the influence of alcohol. And it's not to blame the alcohol. It's just your kids. You know, we're, we were kids. We did stupid stuff. Like sometimes I still do stupid shit. You know, I'm not perfect. We're human. And that's just what happens. That's how we learn. So that was pretty much high school. And, the, and it didn't stop. You know, high school kind of opened the door to that lifestyle and it just continued. And I wasn't like drinking every day, but it was pretty much on the weekends. You know, somebody would have a party or we'd be in Mexico all throughout high school. You know, I didn't really do any hard drugs in high school, smoked pot for the first time in high school. It was weird then. I do enjoy it now. I actually am a big proponent for marijuana and THC and all of the health benefits also just a great way to chill the fuck out and relax and unwind and open your consciousness. So we won't get into all of that. But, you know, I didn't really do any hard drugs until out of high school. And even out of high school, then it was like I got into, you know, I was doing some cocaine. I did ecstasy, which I really loved. And, you know, not even until my 30s did I really try mushrooms. In my 20s, I did some acid you know, so there's many things that I dabbled in and I wouldn't consider any of those like hard, hard, hardcore drugs. For me, it was an aspect of being curious. And I've always had this kind of life theme of I'll try it just to know if it's for me or if it's not. And I, I do have my limits with that, but it's always just this, like, I'm just curious. If I'm curious about something, how do I know if it's for me or if it's not unless I try, right? How do I know if I like it or not unless I try it, right? And we can take that to an aspect of so many things, to food, to clothing, to music, to writing or reading. Shit, I didn't like to read when I was in high school and now I'm a fucking author. Like, come on, you know? It's just, it's incredible when we allow our curiosity to lead us where it can take us, right? And just full disclosure, this is my perspective, my story of my relationship with substances and with alcohol. It is not, it's not intended for you to go out and try these things. Like it's merely just to paint a picture of my story and my journey. And I am a big advocate for you knowing yourself fully before doing anything right? Knowing what I know now versus then, I probably would have done a lot of things differently. And I probably wouldn't have done half of the things that I did, but I don't have any regrets because it got me to this point. And I'm here now and I'm so grateful for this life I've created and feeling just so blessed with everything that has transpired because of how I've let my curiosity lead and take the stage for the most part. So again, Fast forward, alcohol was just how I socialized, how I unwound. It's how I relaxed. It was liquid courage. You know, it was conversation starter for me until it wasn't, until it wasn't. There was way too many times when alcohol would get the better of me and 
I couldn't stop drinking. I didn't know when to enough was enough. I would black out or brown out. I could remember bits and pieces. Sometimes I couldn't remember anything. There were many times when, and this was when I was single, many times when I would get home and not even remember driving. Like, what in the actual F, y'all? What in the actual? That is so not cool at all. And if I could go back and tell that version of me anything, it is, you do not need this, sister. Like, you do not need this. This does not make you cool. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you likable. In fact, it's more of a deterrent than anything. But I had to learn the hard way. That's that's just, my soul knows, like, <laughs> I am... I learn things the hard way a lot of times. It's getting a lot easier. It's taking a lot less time for me to get the learnings of my lessons and, you know, move forward in life with them. But alcohol just wasn't serving me anymore. And I knew that. So my intuition was like calling me to give it up. And in 2017, I believe it's 2016, 2017, I found a newspaper article and it was like 365 days without alcohol, like what this experience is like. And it broke it down like by the months. And I thought it was so interesting and really cool. And I had it on my vision board for a long time. You know, that's two, three years before I ever decided to stop drinking. So June 12th of 2019 was the day I decided to quit drinking. And that was the biggest catalyst in my life. My self-development grew I started leaning more into my intuition. I started wanting to understand myself even deeper, you know, first learning about my Enneagram and then getting into human design. And now, I mean, and now I'm giving workshops on human design and I'm a human design reader and so much more. My relationship shifted. I started releasing more toxicities in my life, like things that just weren't serving me overall. I quit smoking cigarettes. That was a few years later. And I took it one day at a time. And I think this is so important to highlight here. When you're making any kind of shift or any kind of change in your life, it's amazing to have big goals. Amazing. They're targets, right? It keeps our eye on the prize. It keeps us focused on something so we know what we are in this for. It's our why. It's our driving factor. And that's huge. And also, I think we can put a lot of pressure on the time between where we are and that quote unquote final destination of where we want to be, that goal we want to achieve. And we can be in a sense unrealistic about that time or put pressure on that it has to happen a lot sooner. And in that, we miss the journey of where we're meant to learn everything, learn about ourselves, where we're meant to be present in the moment and take in everything. In the journey where we redirect, where we pivot, where we pick up new skills, where we understand our gifts even better, right? It's all in that time. And when we take the pressure off of for example, with drinking, I took the pressure of off of saying I wasn't, I was done drinking forever. And that was kind of my MO up until that point in 2019. It was like, okay, I'm done. I'm never drinking again. And then it's like, well, now I just feel like I'm missing out on everything. And, and the rebel in me wants to come out and just like, fuck that. Nope. 
ain't doing that. That sounds boring. You know, so in 2019, I decided, okay, I am, I do need some type of time frame for myself. So let's just do this for 30 days. Let's just do this for 30 days and see how it goes and, and really feel into if this is working or not and readjust and reevaluate. And then what do you know? In 30 days, I felt amazing. And then I went for another 30 days, still feeling really good. And then I went for six days, right? And they say it takes 66 days to create a new habit. So that 66 day mark was huge and pivotal for me. And at that point, you know, going in three months, four months, six month mark, then you hit the year mark. And it's just like, holy moly, I can't even believe that I'm I'm here. How cool. There's a sense of pride that washes over you, right? It's, it's like, I've got this in the bag. I've got this under my belt and I'm good. And I'm so good. And maybe that's not the case for everybody. That was definitely the case for me, you know? And there's so much more I could talk about in all of that because it's like, it's not just you that you have to navigate. It's not just this newly sober you, right? Again, sobriety, the release of toxic relationships of any kind. It's not just this new version of you. It's also how other people and your environment is relating to you and how you're relating to your environment at the same time. So it's dealing with your own stuff that's happening. The new dialogues that you're starting to happen or or just the new awareness of your thoughts and and how you're operating and when shit's triggering you and where you used to maybe lean on alcohol or turn to drugs or gossiping or whatever the case may be or numb out with social media. And now because you've released that toxicity, at least for the short period of time, it's like, oh, I actually have to look at this and deal with this and feel this right now. (laughs) It can be a lot. It can be a lot. And then there's everyone else around you on top of it, right? So people perceive you from their lens. People will put projections on you. It's just how it is. I know, I know, I know. We don't really like it. We don't want to believe that we project onto other people, but the truth is we just do. We all do it. We're all mirrors for each other, plain and simple. So. You know, for me, it was that transition of being a social drinker, binge weekend warrior, to then, oh, I don't drink anymore. So now it's like this new identity and showing up in the world and showing up with people that knew me as as the drinker to now I'm not, to the insecurity that I would feel of, am I making them uncomfortable? Are they going to make me uncomfortable? You know, it's just that kind of tug of war feeling you know, and who really freaking knows? Who really freaking knows? Maybe nobody even cared, you know? Maybe they were just really proud or it was just like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I feel like now, granted, this was almost five years ago. I feel like now because Sober Curious is more of a hot topic. Like people are really honing in on their relationships with alcohol and and cutting it out more and more and more. Like it's just becoming so much more mainstream with hallelujah. Like I love this for our society and for the collective. It's huge, huge and so valuable. So now I feel like it's more accepted 
than what it felt like for me. Right. And again, this is just my perspective. So you throw in that dynamic. And then the more time you put under your belt, so you're in at a year, two years, three years, four years. And it's like people just know. And people know that if I'm invited somewhere and I show up, like, oh, there's plenty of things you can in partake in that's not alcohol. Great. But what happens when you want to start drinking again? Right? I can't just, I can't keep anything simple. <laughs> so around that four-year mark, which was June 12th, 2023, so just this past June, I really started thinking about introducing alcohol into my system again. And a few months before, so like even at the beginning of 2023, I was having these thoughts, but there was a part of me that was just like, nope, I do not trust myself. I do not trust myself yet. And I didn't. I didn't know how I was going to react. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was so afraid that I would lose control and just waste it all. Like all of those four years, all of that time that I had under my belt would be for fucking nothing. Like that was the dialogue that was going on in my head. And now that I say that out loud, like that's so harsh. And I, and I send that version of me so much love. But it was real. It was so real in that moment. And it took time. It really took time. It, I, I had to build this level of confidence within myself that I hadn't yet developed. And confidence is a skill. It is something that you continue to work out and build on. It requires you to stretch your capacity. It requires you to get uncomfortable. It requires you to really dig in and look at those thoughts of your inner critic coming up and saying, you're just going to waste it all if you have a drink. You're going to fuck it up, you know? And that that's my deepest inner critic is feeling like I've, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to screw up my life. I'm going to fuck up in some way royally. And all that inner critic is, she comes up when she's trying to protect me from something. So that's what she was doing in that moment of just protecting me from worst case scenarios. So I thank her for that, right? But then, you know, I hit that four-year mark and it was so great. And it also just felt like another day, you know? And could I play it up more? Could I celebrate bigger? Sure, I'm sure I could. But also, it's because there was this part of me that was like, I really want to just see what would happen if I drank. I missed the taste of a really good beer. I missed having a, a fancy cocktail. I missed a nice glass of wine. I missed being able to just kind of let loose with my husband if I wanted to in that way. There was a part of me that really felt like I didn't know how to have fun anymore. And it makes me sad. You know, it makes me sad to think that I didn't know how to have fun without alcohol in the first place. But I realized it wasn't that I need 
the alcohol to have fun. It was this that I'm about to share with you. It was the pendulum swing. What does that mean? I went from one extreme of the social drinker, binge, weekend warrior, to a completely other extreme of no alcohol whatsoever, zero, not even a sip. I remember taking a sip of something which I didn't know had alcohol and starting to freak out. So I went from one extreme of of alcohol having this control over me to another extreme of feeling like I was so in control. But the truth was that alcohol still had control over me, just from a different lens. Are you following along? So the pendulum swing went from one extreme to the other. And the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized, like, yes, in fact, alcohol still has control over me. Holy moly. Oh, that's not cool. No. I don't want anybody or anything to have control over me. I'm at a point in my life where I control me. And that's because I can only control my thoughts and how I respond or react to things. That's it. I can control how I breathe when I'm freaking out. I can control the words that come out of my mouth. I can control what I do. But I don't want anything or anybody to have that much power over me. So I realized I was giving away my power to alcohol still, still. But what if I drink? What are people going to think now? It took me so long to shift my identity for people to, I was even calling myself a sober mentor. And even that, just like something never really felt right for me in that. And I think it's because I needed to get to this place where I'm at today with it. But it was people, people associated me, right? They saw me as this person, sober mentor, this alcohol-free person. So What the fuck is going to happen if I start drinking again? Will my friends shift? Will I have lost all credibility? What will my mother think? That was a big one. And what about all of the time that I put under my belt to get to this place? And I realize none of it matters. None of that matters. It doesn't. It really doesn't. That can be a difficult pill to swallow, but it really doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, I have to be happy with me. At the end of the day, you have to be happy with you. You are the one that you have to live with for all of your life. So if you are not happy with the choices and decisions you're making, if you're not happy with how your life is turning out, You are the only one that can change that. I realize that the numbers, the days, the years, the labels, it's all just vanity metrics. My ego wanted to hold on to that. And I don't need it. 
I truly don't need it. It's, it's, it's scary. If I'm being really honest, it was scary to give that up. And at the same time, so liberating. So liberating. So I did reintroduce alcohol into my system. And I've had several beers. You know, I, I started out really, really slow with just taking a couple sips, maybe having half a beer, not really wanting to get drunk. I did have some wine just before the holidays. I had a lot of wine and felt pretty shitty the next day. So realized like, oh, okay, we went too far there, right? I'm testing my edges. I'm letting my curiosity lead me again in my life. And it's a, such a beautiful form of expression for me. It helps me be my authentic self to do that. So I've, I'm testing my edges. I'm stretching my capacity. And the truth is, is I'm so at a point where if I want a beer, I'll have a beer. If I want a glass of wine, I'll have a glass of wine. And it stops there. Maybe I'll have two, but that's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. And I trust myself enough with it. And no, I don't need it to have fun. And no, I don't need it to numb out. It's genuinely for the human experience of having that alcohol. I do it with intention now, whereas before it was mindless. And that for me is the key distinction when it comes to anything that we choose to do in life. It is what is our intention behind it? Now it's, I, I want to be fully present with the people that I'm spending time with. You know, it's, I had a glass of wine, a small glass of wine the other night when I was making dinner because it just sounded so lovely to do that. It felt like I want to experience this in so many ways, right? And it's a different thing with, with alcohol and with food, you know, and I, what I've come to realize with it too, and, and we'll wrap up here in a minute, is like when you're drinking or eating, you're engaging that, that sense of taste which when you think about it, we don't really do that often. We hear, we see, we touch all the time. But to engage that sense of taste, it only happens when we put something in our mouth. So throughout the day, I'm drinking mostly water. Coffee, I'm cutting back on my coffee, y'all. I'm working on that for sure. So the other night, again, like with cooking dinner, I'm, I'm smelling all the dinner. I'm cutting. I'm engaging with my food and feeling it. I can see the vibrant colors. I can hear everything like sizzling in the background. And I want to, I want to taste. And I will all taste my food, but I wanted to taste a good glass of wine in that moment. You know, I want to have a nice cocktail and feel fancy with it. When I go out to a bar, if I want to, I want to just sit around a campfire and drink a beer and listen to some music and have conversation and laugh. And that for me is the ultimate abundance. To be in this middle ground of the pendulum swing where nothing has control over me anymore is a beautiful place to be. And it feels like such utter bliss and freedom. And so if you take anything away from this conversation today, what I want to share with you is 
Number one, pay attention to what you need, where your intuition is calling you forward. What are you curious about right now? Is there anything in your life that you can engage with less? Maybe not cut out altogether, but just like step away from a little bit. Is there anything you can step more into in your life? What is your soul calling you to do or be or feel in this moment? And two, understand that you ultimately have control over how this life gets to look and all that you get to experience in it. And bonus number three, it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else thinks. It just doesn't. Because at the end of the day, you got to live with you, boo. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I get to my deathbed, I don't want to have regretted missing out on my life for fear of what anybody else might think. Nope. So. I pray that this episode served you. Check the show notes if you want to go listen to other episodes where I where I talk about my sober journey. And if you are on your sober journey, I am just sending you so much big love. If you're curious about sobriety and you need somebody to just talk to or, you know, hear you out on things, like please reach out to me in my DMs. I'm always hanging out on Instagram. And until next week. Adios. All right, my friends, we totally did it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with me and listen in on today's show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review so you don't miss out on any of the magic and any of the goodness that I am bringing your way. If you know that this episode is going to be a great listen for somebody, then don't keep me a secret and be sure to share. Also, I love to celebrate with you in real time. So tag me at the Chelsea Holden on Instagram and Facebook and let me know you're listening in. Until next time, I'm sending you so much big, big love. Adios.